Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change will come when we agree that protecting human lives is more important than honoring heritage. It is June 23rd, 2020, and I want to share my personal account of last night's protests in front of the White House with you today. I am telling you this story filled with anger as I sit here thinking about all of the horrible moments that I witnessed yesterday. But I also know that I am sitting here as a white ally. When I ran home from the protests at around midnight last night, I had the privilege of being relieved when I saw cop cars sitting alongside the street, rather than being afraid they would think I looked suspicious. I had the privilege of rinsing the tear gas off my skin and being allowed to distance myself from the movement because the color of my skin grants me the choice to be involved or to stay silent. I had the privilege of making the choice to be at the protest and to be an ally, while for many black people in the crowd, this movement is a fight for their lives and the lives of their brothers, their sisters, their moms, their dads, their children, and their entire communities. I realize that I will never understand how that feels. But last night, I stood with hundreds of other people, people of different races, people of different ethnicities, people of different ages. And we stood in solidarity, risking our lives, because we are all just that. We are people, and people should matter more than anything. And of course, that definitely means that people should matter more than a statue in front of the White House. As I walked up to Black Lives Matter Plaza, wearing a tank top, some running shorts, and with my phone on 25%, yes, yes, I realize that this is a real recurring problem of mine, I was definitely unaware of what would unfold in the next couple of hours. I had no idea that police had been forcefully removing protesters from Lafayette Square in front of the White House in order to reopen the road. I didn't know that protesters had started to physically move the barriers put in place by the police in order to protect the people that were occupying the street. And most importantly, I was completely unaware that the plan for the night was to tear down the huge statue of Andrew Jackson, whose presidency has been glorified time and time again by Trump, despite the countless atrocities he committed. But we'll get into that little fact a little later. At about seven o'clock, we all began moving onto the lawn in front of the White House to listen to a round of speeches. With each passing minute, I could feel my stomach tightening as I watched the police speak into their radios as more protesters flooded onto the lawn. People began moving back toward the statue of Andrew Jackson and began circling around the tall gate covered in Black Lives Matter posters that was protecting the monument. Then I finally heard the plan. On a bullhorn in front of me, one of the women that had just given a passionate speech in front of the White House yelled into the crowd, this 
statue is coming down, y'all. And with that, people began pulling the gates. And it was maybe two minutes before the gates broke open and everyone went pouring in to get closer to the monument. Suddenly, there was organization in the chaos. And the people on the bullhorns began yelling, allies on the outside, forming a circle around the statue. And link arms so they can't break through. And... Does anyone need vinegar on their masks to help with the tear gas? And if you want to leave, leave now, because this is about to get dangerous. I don't think I've ever felt more of an adrenaline rush or quite honestly, more scared in my life as I stood linking arms with two complete strangers as we stared at the park police. It was literally a face-off with everyone just waiting for the moment when the park police would inevitably break out their batons and their tear gas and start spraying rubber bullets to protect that statue. We stood for a few minutes, and then the park police ran at the crowd with their shields up, and they began swinging at protesters with their batons. I think I will always remember the mix of screams I heard last night. Screams of pain, screams to call for a medic, screams of anger, screams to move back coming from the park police. And through all of the sounds, the one that I was just hoping to hear was the thud of bronze hitting the concrete as we held our circle against the police. Then when the police decided that the batons weren't enough, they brought out the tear gas. People fell to the ground, screaming and covering their faces, while medics ran around frantically trying to get to everyone. When we proved that we could hold the barricade against the tear gas, the pop of rubber bullets cut through the screams and more people dropped to the ground. I'm going to play some of the audio from those moments for you now. The police broke through our circle and began to secure the protective fence back around the monument. But they didn't stop there. The police continued to chase after protesters and push us back farther and farther from Lafayette Square. Officers in riot gear were chasing after completely unarmed protesters, shooting rubber bullets, shoving people to the ground, and spraying tear gas into the air like it was champagne to celebrate the new year. I saw a man in his late 60s, I would guess, be pushed to the ground and stepped over by the line of officers as they continued to push the crowd back. I saw a woman with her hands up and moving backward sprayed point blank with tear gas inches from her face and later watched her scream and cry on the ground saying she couldn't see anything. The worst part of the night though was when police gave their final push to force protesters back again by spraying tear gas across the crowd and directly in to the medical tent that had been set up. People began screaming about how attacking medics is a war crime, and I stood in shock taking in the scene. There was one moment in particular from last night that I am positive I will never forget. Weirdly, I remember that Usher's DJ Goddess Fallen in Love began playing over a speaker 
as the med tent tried to clean up and tend to people. I watched as one of the medics came out of the tent. He was wearing white cotton gloves, and all ten of his fingers were stained red all the way up to his knuckles with blood. Once the police had the crowd pushed back off the street in front of the White House, the standoff began. Reporters were told to leave at one point in the night, which made all of us brace ourselves for the arrival of more police in more riot gear, but they never came. As I looked around the crowd at all of the people risking their lives and putting themselves in danger for this cause, I found myself finally believing the chant, this is what democracy looks like. This ragtag group of Americans from all walks of life, wearing swim goggles and hockey masks, bike helmets and earplugs in their noses to try to block out the tear gas, truly represented the power of the people and the hope for democracy in this country. I will be the first to tell you that our government is far from the representative democracy we strive to be. But scenes like last night, as scary as it was to be there, give me some hope about the future. I want to get back to the original topic of this episode, which is that change will come. But we all have to agree that protecting human lives is more important than honoring heritage. This is obviously a complicated issue, particularly in the South. And while I go to Washington and Lee University, where General Robert E. Lee was the president and is now buried in Lee Chapel on our campus, I'm still from Colorado. So I'm pretty removed from the roots and the family ties in the South. However, I do know that there is a very slippery slope between heritage and hatred in this country. And Southerners should be tired of constantly towing the line. There is a difference between remembering history and honoring heritage. And change will only come when history is remembered, but the present and the future are honored. Remembering history means teaching students that slavery was a horrendous time in American history and that those roots of racism continue to divide our country centuries later. Remembering history means telling students about the thousands of Native Americans who died during the Trail of Tears orchestrated by Andrew Jackson. Remembering history is going to mean teaching students that Donald Trump's entire presidency, characterized by his inadequate response to the coronavirus pandemic, his racist rhetoric, and his complete lack of respect for human lives, just to name a few of Donnie's greatest hits, represent a presidency that should never be repeated. These atrocities shaped this country and should be remembered, but they should not and cannot continue to be honored as monuments around the country, like Andrew Jackson's in Lafayette Square. We need to protect the lives and the futures of all Americans rather than honor the hateful heritage that has divided this country for centuries now. Rather than forcing people to put their lives and their futures on the line like we have been seeing for weeks around this country, why don't we focus on ways to protect our young people 
and invest in their futures in order to pave the way for a more unified America for us all. I guess my point in sharing this story is that we all have to continue this fight for equality and justice. But at this point in 2020, we really shouldn't be fighting this fight anymore. All lives matter, but we, as a country, have to agree that all lives matter more than protecting this country's hateful heritage. We have to stop immortalizing racists, slave owners, murderers, and other oppressors in the name of American heritage. And we all need to support Black lives and make sure that they get the extra love, support, protection, and recognition that America has refused to give them for more than 400 years. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please, please, please reach out to me by email at lily at be the change podcast.org or on Instagram at be the change podcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye guys.